Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is a brand new edition of Flyers Daily for the 8th of January 2024. Flyers Daily is always presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live game day edition. And it's also a Monday edition. So joining us as always to look at the Flyers pens, the week that was, the week that is from NHL.com, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com and HockeyBuzz.com. It's Bill Meltzer. Bill, how are you? Jason, I'm doing well. Um, that was that was one heck of an exciting and, and fun day, uh, you know, at the, the rank on, on on Saturday, and uh, you know, biggest biggest rival in town on Monday. I'm really looking forward to seeing you know seeing the house pretty full and the place rocking. It's it's going to be fun. Yeah, that's where I want to start, Bill. Um, you know, Flyers Penguins tonight. Flyers had that back to back with the Penguins earlier this season. Mm-hmm. They get the shootout win in Pittsburgh. They get the uh, overtime win in Philly. Going to try and beat them for a third straight time. Um, but really, the thing that took me back about Saturday, and going back to the Columbus game as well, was how full the building is. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about it. I'm thinking, okay, it's January. It's still football season. And I know the Eagles haven't performed well over the last bunch of weeks. But the crowds have gotten bigger and bigger. And I'm thinking, why are the crowds bigger this year than they were before? I think that it's part and parcel to, you know, the way they play um, from yeah. a from an effort and honesty standpoint. The style that they play is a much more entertaining style to watch. And I think, you know, just they've kind of gotten re in touch with the hearts and minds of the Philadelphia sports fan. Yeah, I, I, I think it's all of the above. Um, and, you know, the, there there were. Some seasons, I was thinking too in the late 2010s, where the Flyers did make the playoffs, um, but uh, the the energy enthusiasm level wasn't as high as it is right now. Um, you know, I, I think that, that everything you touched on is, is definitely a big piece of it. I mean, look, you and I were sitting next to each other in, in the press box in the Columbus game. So it's a weekday game, uh, not, not a marquee opponent, kind of a struggling opponent. And it was a pretty pretty large and energetic crowd for that game too yeah. so that's uh it's definitely you know i think that uh the organization has, has really turned a corner in a big way in terms of in terms of getting back in touch with what makes the flyers the flyers and obviously having having a better product on the ice too is uh yeah. is a big piece of it Bill, before the game Saturday and the almost full house was treated to what I thought was a really intense, fun, had everything hockey game. Um, They did have a ceremony to honor the 91st birthday on what would have been his 91st birthday for Ed Snyder. Um, And the pregame ceremony to me is incredibly symbolic of the new regime uh, headed by Dan Hilferty, Keith Jones, Danny Briere, and their awareness that they have to embrace that element. Um, he was a big part of uh, Keith Jones and Danny Briere's careers as flyers and as men. And the, I thought the way that the ceremony went off and what they put out there for the presentation, and the puck drop with Lindy Lou Snyder there and, and the new mayor, mayor of Philadelphia, I just thought they hit all the right buttons. And, and it reminded me of the flyers of years past that always hit the right buttons in those regards. It, every piece of it, Jason, was – I thought they hit out of the park. Everything from the uh, pregame you – know, before, before the public was even in there, the, the pregame check presentation to Snyder Hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, the the videos from Flyers alumni. Um, 
having having Joe Watson at center rights for the puck drop. Uh, Joe, of course, being um, an original flyer who we went back to the first year, the two cup teams, and then and then worked for the Flyers after his career till twenty twenty one. So, um, that that's an iconic figure in franchise history. Having Joe there, having um, all, all all the little elements that were involved in it. Players wearing and, the Snyder hockey jerseys into the rink from the um, car. Yes, yes. The, the the giveaway, the Ed Snyder patch, was really a nice item, actually. Yeah. Um, just 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 straight on down the line. The, the, the all the yeah, that, there just, just that right there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, all the little touches that were involved. Um, you know, uh, that that were that really. I mean, it, it was it was fantastic to see. I mean, every bit of it was well planned and, and well executed too. It was uh, it, it was a a great theme to the day, and and I thought that um, I, I thought the players themselves picked up on it. I, I, I loved what Travis Konechny said, where he said that you know I was watching the tributes during the game. And I was thinking, there's no way we're losing today, mm-hmm. you know. And there haven't have been many games in, in recent years where you, where there's been that feeling. I I, I think that the last time. Um, also involving Ed Snyder. The last time that uh, that I remember having that feeling was uh, the game against Pittsburgh, where the Flyers clinched the playoff spot. Mr. Snyder was, um, you know, sadly in the last days of his life, and and um, Lauren Hart actually sang to him by FaceTime, sang sang the anthem to him. And uh, again, you had everything riding on the game of playoff spot. And I remember thinking that that, that day. There's no way they're losing this, and they, they 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 play with that same kind of intensity that they had on Saturday from that game. But it's been a while, and, and then that that feeling was back, and it was really really fantastic to see that. Yeah, it was um, very tastefully done. I thought everything was nothing was over the top and, and and opulent, but it was all just tastefully done, pieced together beautifully, and it was it was a great day. And I'm talking to Scott Lawton after the first period. Um, one of the two players that played uh, for Ed Snyder when he was still here, he and Sean Couturier. And, and, and you know that a guy like Lots and a guy like Sean Couturier gets it yeah. and spoke very eloquently on that as well. Um, let, let's go to that game on Saturday because I thought it was a really important game in the sense of where they are kind of on the ebbs and flows of this 82-game schedule, Bill. Uh, they still have seven more home games in this very busy month of January. They've got to be better at home. Uh, maybe they have to simplify a little bit because sometimes, as Torch said, sometimes, you know, you want to put a show on for the home fans. Well, the home fans, you know, they want to see a show, but they like to see a show that wins. <laughs> yeah. And they, they did that on Saturday. And I thought the game had a lot of scar tissue. You know, it's a shame these two teams don't play each other in another couple of yeah. weeks or yeah. again this year because yeah. I thought they put on a really good performance in the game. Both teams did. I thought that Markstrom was unbelievable. Yeah. But the Flyers tacked the middle of the ice very well, and it seems like their forecheck is getting uh, back on, getting its feet back under it. No, for, for sure, the, the, the forecheck was better than it had been in a couple of months. Honestly, yeah. um, it looked like a game from early in the season where they were very aggressively forechecking, playing with a ton of pace, um, crashing the net, getting pucks to the net, getting getting uh, traffic in front of the net. Uh, Markstrom was tremendous, as you said. I mean, Hart stepped up too when he had to early in the game. Mm-hmm. The early chances mostly belonged to to Calgary, and Hart had to step up big a couple of times. You know, you, you, you fall behind that early in the game, and it can suck the energy out, right? Yeah. But uh, but Hart came up. Uh, I think he had twenty two saves. So it wasn't a huge number of saves in the game, but he made some big ones uh, along the way. And um, you know, and, and having 
having come into that game winless in four uh, with a couple of shootout losses and a couple of games that they were winning in the third period, they couldn't close it out. Um, I thought that was their best closeout. Once they took the lead, I thought they had a really good closeout in those final few minutes too. So, uh, you know, hit, hit a lot, hit a lot of the right notes, and uh, obviously have to continue that against the Penguins. Yeah, the only closeout I may have liked better was going into the third period up three to two on Colorado, and the way yeah. they kept attacking in that third, and they ended up scoring yeah. a couple more, making it five two. Um, in the game, Bill, um, you know, there was a, a healthy scratch of Morgan Frost and of Cam Atkinson, and I think both could have a different type of effect on a team frost has been scratched now 11 times that was his 11th i think that has a different impact on the locker room than when a guy like cam atkinson who missed the entirety of last season um gets scratched i thought torch said something interesting too i never scratch a player because of one play like a lot of people on social media like to point and go that's why he scratched he didn't back check here it's mm-hmm. never that it's a culmination of things um but first how, how did you think both players reacted to the scratching and can move forward now and, and use it as, as fuel to not end up as a healthy scratch again in the season. Well, quietly, um, since he didn't get in the score sheet, but quietly, I, I thought Cam Atkinson has best game since early November. Um, had had two really good scoring chances in the game. He was part of that really strong closeout at the end of the game. Um, you know, he, uh, I mean, he all, all he needs is something to go in the net for. Yeah. And they'll take take all the all the weight off his shoulders. And you know, I, I think Saturday's game actually looked like Cam Atkinson for, for you know to a large degree. The Cam Atkinson who's been in the NHL had success, who's started out this year having success. So uh, you know, I, I think that, that was that was a step forward quietly. Um, you know, with, with Frosty, um, he actually you know, he actually spoke with Torts at a point last season too. That was that was mm-hmm. mentioned on exit day. I think, however, this conversation was a different one. I because I, I, remember last season, Frosty only got scratched once. So yeah. in Toronto, uh, yeah, in, in Toronto, um, you know, same same thing that happened with Travis Sanheim, who's this family in, in the building. Yeah. So you know, um, I, I mean, obviously, he didn't like that, but the conversation took place a little bit later. Uh, you know, it, it didn't take place right then and there, which is which is what I think happened with Travis Sanheim because he was he was openly more upset about being scratched in Calgary than I think that Morgan was in Toronto. Um, but I, I think that the first conversation was more along the lines of what can I be doing better? Yeah. Cause he was still playing. He was, he was in the lineup now having been scratched so many times, two games into the season, sitting six, having, I thought, I thought maybe three or three of his better games of all season, not getting rewarded for it. Uh, then the flyers had the shutout lost LA and then they go, you know, then they go to a winless San Jose, a game they lost, and Frost was a scratch in that one. And um, I mean, these things build. Um, gets back in the lineup, has four points in four games, um, but he had a bad game against uh, uh, what's the bad game against uh, Vegas. Bad game was against mm-hmm. Vegas, and um, sat out the next game after that. And then he he played um, overlapping also, of course, when uh, Noah Case left the lineup. Um, December, and then he was scratched for the eleventh time the other day. So there was some build-up frustration, and yeah. and I think it was more I think it was a more assertive two-way conversation this time, less nodding, right? Uh, rather than towards doing all the talking and, and and Morgan nodding, I think Morgan spoke up more, came back at him a little bit. Yeah, well, he 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 went back at him a little bit, which is 
Chris likes that though. George mm-hmm. doesn't mind that one bit. So uh, I think that it was a more productive and open dialogue that hopefully they can move forward from at this point. Uh, of course, ultimately the players play dictates <laughs> dictates that. And, and I thought that I, I love I love Frost's energy in that game. He was assertive, creative, offensively. Um, you know, uh, had a couple hits too, which is uh, you know, which is. John said that, you know, that he's not trying to turn Frost into a banger. It's just in staying involved, staying plugged in, staying high. When Frost plays with energy and his feet are moving and he's he's uh, playing with a ton of pace and, and making plays, that's Frost at his best, and he makes an impact. It, it, it's now, now I think there's a really big game coming up against Pittsburgh where I want to see him do that, maybe even do even do better. And not, not just on the score sheet. If he gets a point, maybe he doesn't get a point. But just being as assertive as he was last game, um, you know that that's where I think the next step for Morgan kind of has always been, being more of a difference maker in games sometimes where things aren't going as well for the team as a whole, or you need some guy to step up. I'd like you know I think the ability to do that is there, the talent is there, so uh, it, it's just a matter of bringing it out in himself and doing that. So that was so taking you know taking the initiative to go in and. And uh, even though it didn't feel comfortable, I'm sure, to, to walk in there and, and uh, you know, advocate for himself a little bit and, and say, I disagree with you on this. And, okay. Yeah, return I, a little fire, right? Yeah. 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 And, and, and so, yeah. So I, I think that, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's a, a positive turning point, you know. Um, and ultimately, as far as the Flyers go, I, I don't know what Morgan's future is, is going to hold. All I'll say is sometimes the best trades are the ones you don't make. And I think Morgan has the potential to be that player. If you don't move him, has the potential to break through, really break through. Because we talked about his last two thirds of last season, but I mean on a, on a consistent, on a more consistent basis, he, he has the ability to do that and, and bring some elements that are, that are not in a lot of abundance on the team. So uh, it, it was a it was a hopeful sign, and hopefully it's built built off of. Yeah, I, I agree. When he's playing with pace, with and without the puck, he he becomes very dangerous because. When he plays with pace, he can stutter his pace. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great weapon of his. He can turn it turn the speed on and then dial back and almost drift in his in when he has possession of the puck and then use that space to bait guys. And I think that's when he can work some magic. I think that's an area where he's really good in. Um, Bill, speaking of working magic, um, throughout the what now seven years of Travis Konechny's career in Philadelphia, we've seen this kid come in. That is just was immature, but you know, we liked a lot of elements about his game, played with a lot of uh, emotion and sometimes out of control emotion, very talkative on and off the ice. But we've seen this maturation process with Travis Konechny. And when I look at his game now, uh, I didn't, I always liked his skill set as a player, I thought it was very today NHL. Um, but I didn't know he'd be able to reach the level that he's at and be able to kind of stay at that level. He showed us that level last year. He missed a couple of games with some weird injuries, but he's come back this year, I think, with even a bigger, you know, I, you know, focus on him. And he's come out and just been, I think, everything for him. I think he's the heart and soul of the team. You know, the one thing that takes him from, you know, the player that he was here to a, a big notch above is the ability to kill penalties effectively and then also be an offensive element on the PK. He's an all-situations player. 
He's got five shorthanded goals on the team that leads the NHL that has 10. I mean, did you did you kind of see that he could go to this level? I didn't see that he could go this high. Well, you know, last last year um, in the first half of the season, um, you know, it, it, it was the latter part of January. I think he had his first slump of the year. But uh, until mid-January, he never went three games, three straight games without a point at any, at any stretch last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then he hit a, a little bit of a wall and had, had injury issues. He uh, was out. Well, he got, actually got hurt in a game in Calgary, and he missed a, a, a month. He came back late in the season. And, and he, you know, he finished strong. But um, he, had, he had two stretches where he was out of the lineup, and the injuries kind of got in his way a little bit. Um, you know, he had, he had a couple shorthanded goals last year. Not, not like this level where every PK, he yeah. is a real threat to – you know, I, I, it, it reminded me of the year that Mike Richards had. He, he had one season where Big time. every time, yeah, every time they were in the PK, Richie was a, a threat to to score the other way, mm-hmm. and and it got in other teams' heads where they, you know, you really had to be hyper aware of don't don't make a dangerous play up high because if it gets it gets poked out of the zone, he's off. You know, um, even even in the game against, uh, you, you know, even even the loss to Columbus. Uh, he took he took a little bit of a risk there at the blue line. He didn't get it out, and now he's now he's behind the puck. But they work so often for him. You live with it every once in a while, not working. Um, but he's he's been such a tone setter for the team. He, as you say, he's always had the the intensity, the uh, you know the the chirpiness about him. But it, but it's it's you know it's it, there's definitely a maturity to his game because he knows what he's doing out there. Sometimes I think when um, when TK was a younger player, always had the energy, right? There was, was never, there was never a question of TK playing with energy. Um, but sometimes, uh, sometimes back then when he was young, I think sometimes his feet work faster than his head. Now mm-hmm. there's always, now there's a game plan. There, there's real, there's a method to it. Um, Measured. Yeah, for sure. For sure. He, he, he really, he really knows what he wants to accomplish out there. Um, and, and you can see it and, you know, he's, and we, we talked, we talked about Frosty just, just before this. Uh, you know, TK had that all-star season in 2019-20, and the next two years are rough for him after yeah. that. Yeah, he had the all-star year, and he had some down years. He At one point, I think he had something like a 24-game goal drought. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of what Cam Atkinson's going through right now. Uh, but, you know, he was, he was about the same age that Frost is now, and then he hit that, he hit that next level again. Um, had a really good offseason last year. Um, had a really strong, solid year and a, a tough year for the team. And this year he's really become a big part of the leadership aspect of the team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just, just, just game in and, and just game in and game out. He's, he's one of the main guys that, that you look to really, really that, you know, uh, one of the nice things we've been seeing is that top, that whole top line. Yeah. Uh, we've talked quite a, we've talked quite a bit about Sean Couture looking like the Sean Couture of old. Joel Farabee, um, who also went through a couple of tough years, you know, yep. still young, you know, still one of the youngest, younger guys on the team, as a matter of fact. But now he's hit that next level too uh, of consistency. So uh, just just the way that whole top level, that whole top group was playing. But the you know kind of the stir that straws the drink, particularly uh, you know of, of late, has been has been TK. Yeah, Farabee too is um, a guy that when Torts came, I thought, oh, he's going to really like this player. Um, but it took until when this player got healthy 
and yeah. you know got was able to work out and prepare for a season properly. And I think Torch is getting the full experience of Joel Farabee now. Um, you know, Bill, one of the you know we talk about development a lot. When you're in a rebuild, you have to talk about development um, at all levels. And we're going to talk about a couple of elements of development now. Um, but one of the guys' development, I think, that has flown big time under the radar this year because there's just been other stories today that are a little sexier to talk about, um, like the, you know Travis Sanheim's rebound or TK doing what he's doing again, or you know some of the young players developing. But Cam York has been an under understated kind of story, and his development and maturity in his game, I think, is has been something that has gone a little unnoticed, and and here's why. He's playing on a top pair night in, night out on a team that's in the thick of a playoff race, you know, facing the opposition top lines. He's playing with a partner who is not afraid to get up the ice. And so there's a lot of defensive responsibility that comes with that. Uh, Meanwhile, knowing that he's got some offensive elements to his game as well. And I'm a little shocked. He's where he is already because I think it takes longer for D, but you know, the fact that he's playing on a top pair and performing the way he is, it's not overwhelming him in any shape or form. I mean, he didn't make the team out of camp last year. Um, I think it's one of the under, more under, you know, under the radar aspects of this team that's a really big positive. Yeah. And you just touched on the defensive responsibilities. And I think that's why he's flown a little bit under the radar. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, he, he came in with a reputation or, or the upside of being, you know, power play quarterback. Uh, uh, going to lead your blue line in, in scoring. And uh, I mean, that, that's, and he can still get there. He still has the potential to get there. Um, but, but playing with Sanheim, who's having a, a really strong offensive year, you know, uh, I, I think that the, I think Cam has continued to take small steps offensively. He's always moved the puck well. He's moved the puck really well this year. So he, again, sometimes the puck moving element can, can fly a little under the radar too. People want the up ice and the the points, but um, but I, I think he's he's taken further steps forward in that regard, uh, subtly, but defensively he he's made big strides this year. Killing big plays, where yeah. killing killing plays that where there's never there's not even a scoring chance at all there because yep. he's, he's he's right on it and, and his defensive stick is really really good. Yeah, um, go goes to the right places and uh, you know and. Helps you get helps you get out of your zone. I mean that that first pass is such a key element, and he yeah. makes such a good first pass. Um, make, been making quick decisions, so I, I think that's been a, a big element in, in the Flyers' improvement. And he's he's made for a very good partner uh, for Travis Sanham. I think I think moving uh, moving Cam back to his natural side, the left D, has uh, open helped open things up for me. Um, although you know, although he wasn't out of place on the on the right side. I, I think playing his natural side is, is now more naturally comfortable for him. And, and he's, he's made the most of it. Bill, was there a bigger question mark coming into the season than top pair D no. you know, losing Proveroff, Sandheim coming off the year yet he had last year, moving to the right side, Cam Ack- or Cam York moving back to the left. I mean, was there a bigger question going into this season than that? No, when, when we did our one. questions, when we did our questions going into the season, I think we spent 15 minutes talking about yeah. our concerns of the blue line. So, no, not, uh, unexpected and, and very encouraging, and an incredibly consequential <laughs> question mark as well. Um, you know, the other, it, what is it about York though? It like his ability to defend on the rush is 
way more advanced than I thought it would be at this point as well. You know, his ability to put his body in the right spot to to block shots without having to lunge. Is it just the balance for which he skates and, you know, kind of the minimalist approach in, in body movement? I, I think that I think that that's definitely an element of it. Um, I, you know, I know it's kind of been in vogue in the, in the you know last decade or two for defensemen to slide a lot along the ice. To, yeah, I don't like that. Not, uh, yeah, the you know uh, to try to to try in desperation of but you know guys guys sauce passes over defensemen along mm-hmm. the ice all the time. If uh, the guy skates by him, he's out of the play. Um, Cam. Cam stays upright and, and stays in the right position. So a lot of times he'll a lot of times he'll he'll kill a play even even if he initially looks to be in trouble he can recover. That yeah. you know um, he makes a lot of the right mm-hmm. reads, but when when he happens to get beat, you know he has that recovery ability, and that that will only continue to grow as he gains more experience too. So yeah, I I think that his his balance on his feet, um, how quickly he can close gaps too. Yeah. And maintain good gaps in general, but if there is a gap, he can close it. I mean, I think I think all of those things are, are working more and more to his favor. I I, I think that uh, he's developed a really good working relationship with Brad Shaw, and I think when you watch him game in and game out, you can see the results on the ice. Yeah, to me, his skating matches his personality. He's a very laid back <laughs> guy. That the arms aren't flying everywhere. There's no waste. Yeah. It's very efficient, and therefore you don't get yourself too much weight going moving in one direction and you keep yourself under control. I think it's a big element of his. Um, Bill, speaking of uh, development, let's go to a different level of development right now. The World Juniors just wrapped up and Cutter Gauthier, he's known at Boston College as an elite scorer. We know about the shot, the release, he scores from everywhere on the ice in the collegiate game. That wasn't really his role in the top line on Team USA. He had to uh, kind of be a little bit more of a distributor on that team. Yeah. And boy, did he distribute the hell out of the puck beautifully. Um, oh, yeah. The way he played in the tournament, what'd you see out of Cutter? Because, I mean, they win gold. I mean, obviously, that's a huge thing. They beat the home country and the gold medal. All those things are great. But the way he performed really stemmed the stern in the tournament well, it was quite impressive. Yeah, I, I, I thought his first couple games were not his best. Um, but... Then he hit his stride and he got better and better and better. And his best games were in the medal round. That's in the know, big that, games. That, that, yeah, the, the most important games. Because in the preliminary round, uh, you, you you could have you know you can get away you can get away with a day where you're, you're not at your best. There's no elimination. And, and really, the the whole purpose of the preliminary round, unless you're a, a team really on the bubble of, of not getting into the medal round, you know, because because uh, you, know, you play four games and four and of the five teams in your bracket. Right, four make the medal round. So, yeah. so you're really, it's really not even so much for seeding because you're going to run into good teams once you get in the medal round anyway. Um, but it, those are really preparation games if you're, you know, if you're a potential medalist. So, uh, I think USA got better and better as the tournament went along. And, you know, for Cutter, the, this, uh, he's, he's been in this tournament before, uh, he yeah. scored goals there before. This is his first time playing center. Uh, he'd been left wing last year, and he'd been left wing for the men's team at the at the World Championships last year. So yep. he's, you know, he he's played at the top level of international hockey. Um, I, I think that the that so much of the scouting report in him is that he's going to shoot, 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 shoot. That uh, teams, you know, the, the scouting report was to almost overplay him at times, and then when they started overplaying him, he burned them. I mean, he made some gorgeous setup passes because. 
the lanes were there. And um, that, that's going to be a big thing for him going forward, too. Um, even if he's always going to be primarily a shoot-first guy, um, if you make the other teams play a little more honestly and, and respect that you can dish, that, that'll open up more scoring chances for him, too, ultimately, as he gets as he gets to the pro level. At the collegiate level, junior, you know, international juniors, you, you can see he can, you know, sometimes he can score at will when he's locked in. So, but I, but I think in terms of rounding out his game, being more complete, all, I mean, he, he racked up, he racked up so many assists in this tournament. That was, that was really, really nice to see. And, and I thought that when the, the, again, it was all on the line. Um, I mean, he, he didn't win best, best forward in the tournament for nothing. He, he deserved it. He earned it. He so earned that it. was, that was really, really nice to see. Um, I'll go back to BC um, with, Three of his world junior teammates. Yep. <laughs> um, and that, that 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 was a fun line to watch too. Yeah. And they're 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 national, you know, they're, they're frozen Mac- four slash yeah, frozen four slash national championship contender. Yeah. Um, which might not which might not be the best thing for the Flyers because if they go into April, then uh, you know, then maybe he doesn't come till next year. Rather, but but if you can win national, that's great experience. So that's uh, yeah. you know that, 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 that's the main thing. Take it take it as far as you can. But I, I'd like to see how you know how, how he plays um, as as tournament time comes around and, and the big games come around to that level. He has has the experience doing it, and to to do it as to do as a, a you know, do as the center. And remember, BC is the second line center too because Smith Smith has yeah, been well, the Smith. number one center. So yeah. so I think that it's uh, some really good challenges ahead. And he has an exciting future. He does, Bill. There, I mean, there's no reason he got nothing left to prove in the college game. Yeah, yeah. It's term pro after this year, no matter what, isn't it? For sure, for sure. Yeah, I think so. yeah. And he'll be here whether it's at the end of this season, uh, pending when BC's season runs till. Uh, if not next season, I would like to see him get a couple games this year because I think he can yeah, take that into his all season. And I don't. Look, I don't want to burn the year of ELC, but it is what it is when it comes to players of that stature. So, um, yeah, he's he was incredibly exciting to watch in that tournament. And just another element of uh, why Flyer fans are walking around with a smile on their face these days. Damn, does it feel good. It's really so awesome. much better. God, and every element of this organization right now, um, it just feels like everything's moving in the right direction. And that black cloud has been hooked out of here and, and shipped to somewhere else. Um, so... Let's end it there. Let's wrap it up. Flyers Penguins tonight at Wells Fargo Center. We'll recap it tomorrow. Check out Bill's work at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. And we'll catch you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.